Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 244, recorded December 21st, 2022, where John and Jason talk about the news from November and December in the Power BI space, including new cache refresh settings available in Power BI Premium. Subscribe to a report with filters applied. Data refresh cancellation is now available in Power BI Premium and more. Good morning, Jason. How are you today? John, I'm glorious, my friend. Glorious? You, you heard me. Glorious. It's a glorious, glorious day. You've got I that am... like 1K sheen coming <laughs> off you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am done with travel for the year. I did a, uh, a mileage run last night, flew to Houston, had some dinner, flew home. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I just love the way we're incenting people to take useless travel. <laughs> Hey, it was good dinner. Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. Yeah, I, and my family up and went to Houston for the uh, for a couple of days to go spend time with my in laws. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, you know, because I'm because I'm new at Microsoft. I don't have a ton of vacation built up, and lots of my team members have taken off for the holiday. So I'm, you know, playing guy in the chair, a little Spider-Man reference for you. Oh, yes. yes, uh, yes. For for a bit here while everybody else is taken off. It's nice and quiet for the most part, but I couldn't just up and go to my in-laws. Their internet speed is not good enough to do Teams meetings on at their house. And so I I needed to be home, but I decided, you know what? I could, I needed to do this flight anyway. And so I made plans to go ahead and, just pop over for dinner. So they drove out to the, towards the airport. Uh, I took an Uber uh, off airport property because if you've flown through or if you've gone to the Houston airport in the past year, nope. that place is a nightmare right now. Like okay. in the airport, it's fine, but okay. trying to get off property, it took 40 minutes. It was oh, wow. Yeah. So I wasn't making them sit through that just to have dinner with me. So I went to Papacitos out by the Houston airport, had a delicious fajita dinner with my in-laws, my kids, and Jill, and uh, then popped back to the airport, flew home, <laughs> and got up and went to the gym this morning to go work it all off. Excellent. So Excellent. I think I worked off one small cup of Montequilla. Okay, so, very nice. Very yeah. nice. Wow. Montequilla, for those of you who don't know, is, is uh, Mexican garlic butter. It's just rendered butter like it's it's uh, delicious you pour it on top of fajitas when they're sizzling oh nothing better oh, don't make me hungry hey well you know buddy you're coming down in may i will take you yes that's uh that's gonna be a plan yeah i'm yes. getting, getting some of so, my travel booked for next year now so yeah like we're, we're starting to see next year shaping up we've been accepted for our favorite conference in europe ecs, ECS. Yep. Uh, so we're going to be there for that it's going to be very exciting we just saw that come across this morning we've been in their advent calendar yes so that was that's been fun but you know we wanted to do a quick bit of news catch up to round out the year and make sure that everyone's up to speed on some relatively important bits of news we're going to cover them off we're not going to dive into every nitty-gritty detail of them but we want you to be aware of some of these things that have happened over the course of the past two months while we've been off gallivanting the world and maybe haven't been keeping you quite as up to date as we would like to so towards the end of november through now we've got couple of, you know, there are eight different posts that we want to refer to here that matter and that were, that were kind of important. And so we're going to do that. And then in our final episode of the year, we will 
do our wrap up. Uh, it may come out at the beginning of next year. We'll see what the timing looks like. Depends upon what our gracious and awesome editor Marco has time for and what John's schedule allows for as well. We were at the third candle of Hanukkah last night. So yeah, I'm halfway through at this point. And uh, yeah, but uh, we will get that done and get that out. Our wrap up of the year and our predictions for the coming year will be in our next episode. Are you drowning in spreadsheets? Are you gasping for a better reporting solution? Let Marquee Insights throw you a lifeline. They can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to marqueeinsights.com and click the Get Started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. For right now, John, we just talked through some of these. So let's go ahead and recap. Let's go back to November 10th. Let's take our, our way back machine. And way let's back go all machine. the way back uh, okay. to, uh, to November 10th. Obemi you know, put out this blog post about the new cache refresh settings available in Power BI Premium. And we have referred to this now. We did refer to this in the update for November, yeah. as well as I think we even may have mentioned it in the December one, but really wanted to make sure that this gets highlighted because it's important to understand that there are two different types of refresh caches here and that you know the that we're, we're giving you some more granular controls on how you deal with them yeah exactly exactly now this is an offshoot of the fact that power bi data sets are analysis services databases at, at, at their heart and the xmla endpoint lets you get to that and make make some changes to it and one of the changes you can make is to this property called client cache refresh policy. And that's something the Power BI specifically makes use of. And what it controls is whether or not all of the caches that the service builds when you do a refresh on your data set, whether they, whether they get refreshed automatically as part of the refresh pro policy or process as part of the refresh processes or not. And this can have an effect. If you've got a very large data set, and it gets it gets refreshed, and then you've got hundreds and hundreds of visuals that are hanging off that. Uh, the process of updating the cache behind those visuals, that's basically between the visual and the actual data set, may take a great amount of time. And you may not want to have that tacked on to the actual refresh process itself. So this is, this is giving you some granular control about whether it does or whether it doesn't. And presumably, you know, if, if this isn't done, that cache rebuild will happen the next time you go to access that artifact. So this, I, I think, would be particularly useful in reports that have pages and pages and pages of visuals that people never use <laughs> primarily. That's, that happens. I mean, that's going to happen. Why waste time refreshing caches if they aren't going to be used? So it will burden the end user a little bit if you <clears> turn this feature on, but it might not burden the system anywhere near as much. Yeah, so I mean, keep in mind this is a premium feature, which means uh, that this is your, point. Read, read, yeah, read. your 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 capacity, not yep. shared capacity, right? If it's shared capacity, you know that you may not care. I care, but you yep. may not care, yeah, right? Sorry. But moreover, because you care and because you're dealing with the tuning and, the, and, care. and the care and feeding of all of this, why don't you? I said, because you care. <laughs> it yeah. just sounded very, anyway, never mind. <laughs> but one of the things about this is that it gives you the ability, especially if you have a bunch of reports that are looked at less frequently. Exactly. Right? So let's say that you have 100 reports that are hanging off the same data set. But of those yep. 100 reports, 70 of them are looked at weekly. And the data refresh is happening daily. 
Yeah. You don't need to waste your capacity cores, right? right. That refresh timing right. when there may be contention on other things with 70 of those reports not being accessed, but once a week. So yes, it may cause a little bit of slowness the first time that a, a visitor goes to that report on that one day. Mm -hmm. But that when you weigh that versus it refreshing daily, adding adding overhead into your environment, so it's something you need to consider uh, to give you the ability to enable or disable. Exactly, exactly. No, it's great. I mean, it's it, it's it's some more fine grain control to deal with situations that are outside of the norm. And yeah. uh, it, you know, when when your situation falls outside the norm, it's nice to be able to customize it to 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 your satisfaction. So it's good on good on the team. Yeah. All right. So November fourteenth, we're gonna we're gonna start to roll forward just a little bit. We have talked about this a number of times, but John, you're not excited favorite, at all. This you're is my favorite thing of the year. Other it, than me joining Microsoft, this is the biggest news it's in my, Power BI of the year. No, it's not, but it's the second biggest. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my join Microsoft was. Oh yeah, news. no, I, yeah. no. That that that's actually not what I had in mind. Actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, th this one is uh, yeah, announcing support for paginated reports in Power BI Pro. Right. Obviously, so this, that's that's that, that's that's huge, right? Now, yeah. Obviously, that's huge. I mean, paginated reports can now be considered. I think I've said it before. We we and we've talked about this before. Paginated reports can be considered a first class citizen in Power BI. We no longer have to make licensing a design constraint for our, our reporting solutions. I think that's great. Yeah. So to dig into it much more, just making sure that like because I've actually run into people who do not recognize that this has happened. So I want to harp on it just for a second, right? We're bringing out new features all the time. I actually got a call from a, a customer yesterday saying, hey, we're having some trouble. You know, we have a, a you know, trying to do X, Y, and Z thing with some paginated reports at, at one of our customers. And can we do, you know, can you think of a way to X to do this? I was like, well, actually, why don't you try creating a formatted table instead yeah. of an art like a, a, a paginated report with report builder and let's see if that can help you good first it's a good examination of like what can i do here and then from that i can go off and, and do some additional work in building right so at least i could start there because then i have an rdl that's already built that's connected into the data source into the data service and then i can go ahead and replace some information and see how that works, pop in my definition, my RDL definition, all of those kinds of things. Good, good way to, to get started with this. So we've got format tables, which is continuing to get better as we can see the path going forward of being a web-based tool yes. in addition to what I always call fat client, you know, or, you know, desktop client. And and I think uh, formatted tables are probably the most underrated feature of the year from the Power BI team. I mean, it doesn't get a lot of play. I mean, we we, we talk about it a fair bit, but the it's not only the utility that it provides right now, but the promise that it provides moving forward. I think uh, merit close attention over a long period of time. Yes, we might so, even talk about that next week. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so I'm very excited to hear what you think the number one is. Don't tell us now. We're going to have to hear about it in the next episode. Yeah. But the uh, moving right along into our third uh, post here, moving up to uh, November 18th. Again, so Bemi, with bringing the heat, right? Uh, yeah, accelerate your migration experience from uh, Azure Analysis Services to Power BI <clears throat> Premium with the automated migration tool. Okay? Yeah. So th this thing 
in the, I haven't played with it myself, so I can't speak to it, but it looks like this is a one-click migration from Azure Analysis Services over into Power BI Premium. Am I, am I missing that? No, nope, you're getting it exactly right, John. And yeah. that's exactly what it is. It is, it is a one-click tool, which you know, will migrate your model from AAS into Power BI Premium. It's pulling it across in the back end. And the great thing about this is that you, know, you can live side by side, check it out, try it out. You know, yep. If this doesn't work for you, then you have to back up 10 yards and punt. But so far, I have not run into a situation where someone has not had this work. Yeah, there's a few things. It's it's interesting reading through the post. There's some language in here. There's some interesting language in here. They call out, and we've we've been tracking this this trend for the last couple of years. They call out the upcoming release of a document called the Roadmap for Semantic Models from Azure Analysis Services to Power BI Premium. That sure sounds like a path as opposed to a coexistence strategy to me. I think. I mean, we've we've talked about Power BI Premium being a superset of Azure Analysis Services. The the blog post talks about that they have no plans to de de deprecate Azure Analysis Services. But I got to think, you know, they left out the word currently. <laughs> it's just really reading through this. It'd be hard not to read the tea leaves to see that Power BI Premium is going to be. That's me saying it. Not Jason, not Microsoft, but I got to think that Power BI Premium is the logical successor to Azure Analysis Services. Certainly, if you have Power BI Premium, you don't need AAS. I don't believe there's any features left in AAS that we can't get out of Power BI Premium. If, if not, there's very few. But if you're doing any strategic long-term long planning, I don't think we want to look toward AAS. Yeah, I mean, there's still some good things that happen out there in AAS land and, you know, there are still times where we look at it and go, okay, if you're if you're struggling with it in Power BI Premium, let's go stand it up in Azure Analysis Services. Let's see, like if there's a something that's not working, okay, let's talk about it. Let's take a look. Let's understand. However, in those cases that I've run into, Power BI Premium still, you know, is uh, is the right way to go. I can't see any use case. I then that might just be my you know <laughs> my blindness, but I can't see any use cases where I would choose AAS over Power BI Premium. I don't think so. You know what, John? That sounds like something that we should ask Mr. Christian Wade to come on the show and have a conversation <sighs> Ooh, about. So let's about call him through it on the gauntlet. Let, and let's uh, let's say, hey, Christian, if you're listening, which I know you do on occasion, we'd love to have you back on the show to have this this uh, this conversation with John. So yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. I love it. All right, so let's move right along. The next one here is announcing enterprise scorecards with hierarchies and linked metrics in Power BI metrics. And John, I know you. This is not something you regularly use. <laughs> well, it's interesting, however. With metrics, of course, metrics uh, used to be called goals, and it's really, you know, a, 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 <laughs> I, I always feel like I'm underselling it, but it's, it's essentially a collection of KPIs on a page, and that's what it's been. What this is, I think, if I'm if I understand it properly, it's essentially bringing what used to be called balanced scorecard capabilities into the product itself or into the feature itself, and that represents something actually monumental for those of us who have been playing in the Microsoft BI space for, oh boy, <laughs> yeah. 15, 16, 17 years. This would be the last piece of technical debt left over from the deprecation of Performance Point. This is something the Performance Point had baked into it. Remember Performance Point? The, the balance scorecard capability, the ability to have basically hierarchical KPIs, if, if you will. So you'd have various KPIs roll up into master KPIs. And you know, I think that that's a significant 
Uh, it may not matter as much now as it used to, but I think it's a it's a significant waypoint in the evolution of the product. Yeah. So just taking a look through this document, this is one of two really well written deep dive articles mm -hmm. on the blog over the course of the past month yeah. that have come out that really give great detail on how to do. Yeah. Okay. So this is the first one. And this one talks to uh, scenarios when using hierarchies. And it's got three different scenarios. One is measuring organizational health across teams. Another one is retail metrics across locations and products. And the third one is organizational hierarchies, right? And it drills into how each one works and then what you have to do to set up your environment in order to make these things work. And then how you actually view that hierarchy and you can do heat maps with side by side comparisons. Really, Carly did a fantastic job on this post. So if this is something that you're actively looking at doing and trying to figure out is now the right time to start playing with this, this is a great opportunity for you to get started and take a look and understand what's going on in this world. The other one here is about linked metrics, right? And being able to see what's going on in that space, we're, you know, working on metrics across multiple scorecards, workspaces, and do all of this stuff the right way to be able to go and pick a metric that's already in existence, link it into your scorecard, as opposed to having to do the recreation. This is something that we've talked about, John, at, uh, I, I think, it, it, I don't know whether it was Vegas or in Denmark. This was something that I got asked a question about. And to me, this makes a lot more sense. For us to be able to do linked metrics where it just, you know, you've already created the metrics for your team. I'm measuring that in my team because I have a dependency on you. Why should I have to go create it another time? And now I have two independent artifacts. No, I can just now link to your on your scorecard and it shows up on mine so I can keep track of that as well. So to me, this works really, really well for that purpose. And, uh, Perfect. And that, that's that. And obviously, there's, there's a lot of detail in here. And if you're interested at all in this feature, I'd strongly recommend you go and uh, go and have a look. That's on the uh, it's on the Power BI blog. Yeah. All right. Now's an opportunity for us to take a quick break here from our sponsors. And then we're going to dive back in with the last five. Let's do it. This episode of the Bifocal podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at tigraph.com. So the next item is subscribe to a report with filters applied. And this has been a, it's something of a long time coming. It's also more than just that. So if, if, you, if you don't care about the filters applied part, keep listening because there might be more. For quite a while with Power BI, we're talking about PBIX files now. When you subscribe to one of those reports, you're going to get that report sent to you as it was published by the report author. So you may be interacting with it in the service, getting it just the way you want, hit subscribe. Suddenly it comes back the way you got to it in the first place. Now, that's not going to happen anymore. Now you can, uh, when you subscribe to your report, you have the option to include my changes. And those are the personalization options that you've had. Things like the filters, as the title indicates. So any filters you may have applied. Oh, you may have uh, selected a slicer. You may have personalized the visuals. You may have uh, applied cross-filtering, drill up, drill down. All of those things will be saved. So when you get that subscription 
on whatever period you get it on, it's going to have those applied to you. I think that's basically that's what the, the that's what the feature is. Yeah, John, I can't say it any better than that. This, you know, th- this one I like. We have personalization in the service. This just uh, adds it into the subscription functionality, which people are really attached to. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. All right. The next one here again, Ogbemi. Coming, nailing it in, man. He's like, not mailing it, nailing it. Nailing like this it, is, yeah. you know, really great. So data set refresh cancellation is now available in Power BI Premium. Woo hoo. I mean, that is something. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. That's that sounded facetious, didn't it? No, I mean, this is something that I've gone to great. So, w- one of the nice things about having an A skew versus a P skew is that you can go into Azure and stop it. <laughs> now, that's going to affect everybody who's using it, but with a P skew, you can't do that. If you've got a if you've got a data set that goes off and you've got something screwed up in the data set that's going to cause a very long refresh, you just have to wait until it's done. You can't do anything about it. And well, obviously, you did. <laughs> well, if you have A, boom, kill it and well, restart. <laughs> but now, but now you can cancel it in the service. You've been able to in the API for a little while now, according to this. But now it, there's a UI option. So if you're in premium. You can, if you've got a long running refresh operation going, you can go in and, and cancel that, make some changes, do a republish. Typically think about that, think about that for incremental refresh scenarios, right? Because you've, you're working on it locally. You may not see the mistake that applies to the entire data set, but make your changes and then initiate the, the new refresh. I think this, this is, this is a big, big deal. I'd like to see it in pro. I'd very much like to see it in pro, but I'm happy it's here in premium because it certainly matters more in premium because we're dealing with much larger data sets. Yeah. So this one I'm I'm thrilled to see actually come to light. Run into this myself, you know, back in my in the before joining Microsoft days, where you sit there and go, Oh, this is killing me because I have hours because I was using larger models, right, John? It's like, you know, I'm doing all this calculation, we're doing all of these things, and I'm in an A skew, I'm in a P skew. Like, I, why can I not just tell this thing to stop? Yep. Right. Like that was a, the bane of my existence. Like, I'm okay. I've got to wait three hours. I'll come back and I'll go off and do other things. Now you can issue a cancellation to that refresh and it'll go ahead and stop it for you. To your point, John, this is a top, I want to say 20 Power BI idea that came from people voting in ideas.powerbi.com. That you know that people wanted this. So why did we? Why is it in premium first? Well, because number one, we have more control. Like if you own your own premium capacity, therefore, if you tell it to stop, if we have to, if it takes a little bit to do a halting motion, like yeah. it's it's affecting just your your premium capacity. You know, I imagine that there's some work that'll be done to to make that work and shared and to to issue that. But this is you know your environment, and it's also an enticement. Yeah. <laughs> and almost like he was listening to me, except he replied to it 12 days ago. Christian Wade in the comment sections explicitly calls out, we intend to make it available in pro across the board, just haven't confirmed a timeline yet. Yep. So, By the way, the comments on the blog, should you be read. Notice you should go off and read them. Take a look at them. <laughs> because in each one of these situations, there have been the comments. And I say that leading into the next one, which don't bother to read the comments. Don't read the comments on this next one. Uh, <laughs> 
they're they're not all that uh, all that positive, but uh, you know, simplifying capacity management with unified V cores, John. This one has been a little contentious. If you look at the comments, it's been in the in the community. There's been some contention around it. That this is hard to understand. But you know, the bottom line of this is that in the past because it is the past now, because this uh, change happened on December 11th, the way we were measuring Power BI Premium, mm -hmm. and this is specifically Premium, mm -hmm. was front-end cores and back-end cores. Right. Yeah. Theoretical situation. Well, it's, a dealing... it's a building construct, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this talks to how to, you know, how we're, we're changing that as we're moving forward. Come the beginning of the year, like the telemetry and everything will, will be pretty much wiped out because you're looking at 14 days worth of, of information, 30 days worth of information generally and how capacity management is being done as you're looking at how do I optimize my environment? Well, right. this really does make it so that we're, we're going to make more sense as we move forward. Right. If you were really tied to the old way, you know, get a cup of coffee, shake it off, try to understand the new way, because number one, it's not going away. We're making this change for the betterment of all. But the calculations that are listed here, we're not going to go into detail on this because uh, in my opinion, Chris Novak did a good job of trying to give detail and explain. And he's also committed to coming on this podcast to cool. do a true deep dive. So I don't want to eat his lunch. I want him to come on and really be able to, to give it to us straight and, and answer some questions about this. But this really is for the betterment as we move forward. There's going to be yeah. things that are slightly uncomfortable that we're looking at and going, but why are you doing that? Well, because we're trying to make a better world in Power BI. <laughs> well, let's be, let's be realistic. Like we learn every time we, we put something out there. Every once in a while, we're going to make less sense than other times. But yeah, ultimately, I do believe that everything that we're doing is leading towards a something better. And it's an evolutionary product. So we continue to learn and grow. And I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, as things come to light in the new year, and I have told you and I've told our listeners, I really believe that there are great things coming. I've seen some of the great work that Chris is doing internally. There's cool. good stuff coming. And in order to make those things work, this stuff has to change. So my takeaway on this thing, it's just reading through it, and it's the changes, the billing. I, I the, the way I, it's not called out, but I would think that by measuring, by unifying these quote unquote cores, I'm making a little air finger air, air quotes. If I had, if I was restricted by say my back end cores before, and I'm using, I was using auto scaling, and I hit my clip limit on my auto scaling. And I might have to now start paying for more CPUs. Now I think I'm effectively getting credit for all of my CPUs, and I might not have been getting. I'm only previously getting credit for four of them. Mm -hmm. Then I'm not going to necessarily have to auto scale. I could use them all for a back end process if the front end processes weren't being used. I, that's my in theory. I, that's my understanding of it. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't want anybody to run along and say that's official. But it'll be something to talk to Chris about. Well, yeah, Chris specifically. So number one, Chris has done a great job of coming into the comments and responding to everything that, that I'm seeing here. Mm -hmm. uh, but he specifically calls out users have never had any control over front end V right. cores, and we're now removing them from the platform. I get the feeling from the comments that this previous concept of back end cores might have been confusing with background operations. Yes, this user confusion is precisely one of the reasons why we're making this update. Sincere thanks for working with us as we while we evolve the platform. Nice response. 
Yeah, you can go through and you can read this. I was joking before about don't read the comments. You should read the comments here. That's why we're calling it out. And hopefully I've tickled your your interest to go off and read the questions and the answers here because Marco Russo is asking questions in the chat. In, in the Marco's comments. asking questions. Let's pay attention. Yeah, Mike Carlo is asking questions and getting these guys. These guys are getting responses again. Some of it. Marco didn't get a response to his latest question in there, but Chris is also probably on vacation because lots of people are. So I'm sure he will be responding when he comes back. So John, let's go ahead and round out with the very last one here. And again, this is a great deep dive article. Zoe Douglas wrote a fantastic article about deep dive into optimized ribbon and streamlining your Power BI authoring. And the thing I want to harp on right at the beginning, this, and there, if I'm not mistaken, there are seven bullet points that she yep. calls out specifically here. Yep. Of those seven, six are exclusively, and they're one through six, exclusively yep. about direct query data sources. Yep. Okay. Yep. Number seven applies direct query and others, but and import, but it specifically calls out. It's like this, you know, this is about direct query. If you want to learn more about others, you can. But that one's talking about performance analyzer. Yeah. But and she's this going, is a really well written article. Yeah. The one complaint I have, John, do you know what it is? No. The the auto the the animated gifts. Oh, there's animated GIFs. I know you don't like your animated GIFs. That's okay. But but I will trade the quality of content that Zoe did here for my dislike of the, the animated GIFs. And I had to deal with it. I, I, I just wish there was a dang pause button on these things. But that's just how the the, yeah. the vlog is. And I'm, I'm going to harp on it forever. I'm never going to yeah. let it go. Yeah, no, it, this is it's, it's great. It, it goes into great detail on these optimization features, and if I think a lot of people are unaware that this level of detail is available to them, you know, there, some people might want to throw up their hand. Oh, my report's too slow. Well, this will tell you why, and. I'll bet you it's something you're doing or something you could change to make it better. It's not necessarily, you know, if you, if you care about your report or what you're trying to do, you might want to look at some of these options because they can really, really streamline things and really, really affect performance for everybody. Absolutely, John. And, you know, we're not going to go into detail on it because read the article. Like, really, this <laughs> is a fantastically written, well-thought-out article that Zoe did. I, I linked it on, on uh, LinkedIn. I'm a huge fan. I'm also a fan of, of the author here as well as of, of all of the authors that we've gotten. Like we've gotten some really great posts here as we've gone. Carly did a great job with her yep. deep dive. Michael did a good job. Yeah, Obemi, man, did, it. doing lots of great stuff out here. So we're we're seeing some new faces writing. Yucky yep. with the with the blog post about uh, Pro. So thanks to the team for really doing a great job, Chris is going to come on and talk in more detail. I know how hard he worked to try and make this understandable. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it, it's still, it's a really tough concept. So I'm looking forward to having him on to be able to answer some of those questions. But man, that's about all we have from a news perspective. Uh, yep. Looking forward to more big news coming in 2023. Well, I think we're going to dive into that on our next podcast, the last one of the year. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. I will talk with you soon. All Thanks right. Thanks very much. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal Podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal Podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons. 